This was not my idea. So we're in this series called The Gears, and we're in gear three, all right? There's five gears. Talked about them last week. Uh, we're in gear three, and gear three is really uh, sort of the, in the middle, obviously, uh, but it's also that gear that kind of helps us understand how we shift. Last week was about connection. It's about having a, a deeper connection with individuals, being curious, having a posture of curiosity so we lean into people. Uh, this week, it, it's, it's more of a casual space in terms of social relationships. It's that space of, of kind of playing around, uh, that chit-chat, that, that kind of space where you really define safety in, in relationships. And, and play can be one of those types of things. So today, I decided to be extremely playful. I went into my closet and I looked around and I thought, what is the most playful thing I have in my closet? Someone got it right. That tells you a little bit about how boring my closet is. So I pull out my starberries. How many have a, a pair of starberries? Anybody else have a pair of starberries here? I can't see the balcony, but anybody online have a pair of starberries? Anybody know what starberries are? You don't remember Steve and Barry's and Stephen Marbury's shoes that he made that were really cheap back in the middle 2000s? Oh my gosh. So much for playful, huh? You got it? All right. Someone back there's got it. Thank you. Thank you. Zach, let's meet afterwards. I'll buy you coffee over here. Um. So... So uh, Stefan Marbury, an NBA player uh, back in the middle 2000s, decided to make inexpensive shoes available to everyone rather than what Michael Jordan was making, which was you know, $150 shoes that no one could buy. And so he made Starberries. And I still have a pair. So much for that, right? All right. So, okay, I'm no fun. But it does represent the fact that for most of my life, or at least my adult life, I've been joy challenged. I, I, I like gear four. We're going to get to gear four. Gear four is that productive place where you accomplish things and, and really knock off things on your list and get tasks accomplished and you feel like you're conquering the world and that kind of stuff. Um, but gear three is the more casual space. It's the space where you learn to do sort of um, a chit-chat, social talk, just sort of almost what, for some of us, we despise it because we think of it as meaningless. And for others of us, we love it because we use it as a defense from going deeper to keep people away. But it's that gear three that creates social safety, that, that says, not out loud, but from me to you, that, hey, we, we could have a deeper relationship. We could be friends. I know most of us don't admit this fact, because we've got hundreds of friends on Facebook, right? Really close, enduring friends. Over time, 
Social psychologists tell us that our friendships are declining. That the number of friends that we have is radically dropping off the edge. Now, it's not popular to admit because you seem like some kind of deep black hole of neediness to say, I don't have any friends. You know, it's like no one wants to admit that. But in those moments of quietness, those moments of solitude where we're honest with ourselves, and, and really it's, it's a where, where we can be found by our Father in heaven. That space where we admit what is real, oftentimes there are very few people that we feel like that really know us or that really get us. And one of the problems is, is because we have really failed to understand how to get into a gear three mode. You know, the beautiful thing about play is you learn a lot about people. Like my wife, uh, if you played a game with her, you would learn a lot about her. Because she is built to win. And if you get out a game that you, you play that you can't win at, she is not going to play. You, you have to be able to win or she's not playing. And then when you're playing, um, you, you need to be ready to win. You need to play to win. Because when you look across at the table at her, you discover she's going to cut your throat if you don't watch it. I mean... She loves to play games, and she loves to win. That's just the way she's made. And it's fun to play with her. It's fun to beat her. You know, it's like I like to play games I can beat her at. So I don't like games of chance. In fact, is, is if you played games with me, you might find out a lot about me too. I, I don't like games of chance because even idiots can win. Does that tell you anything about me? Really? Huh? Exposing a little bit of my soul here. I, I value knowledge. I value information. I, I, I value the ability to know a lot of things and to juggle a lot of facts. And, you know, I, I love to win at trivia. I love playing Trivial Pursuit. Where did it go? I don't see Trivial Pursuit out here. Is it? Anybody have Trivial Pursuit on their table? I feel offended. Where is Rachel? Where is Rachel? I probably have a dozen Trivial Pursuit games at home. We could all be playing Trivial Pursuit right now. And I could, I could regale you with the, the endless number of useless facts that I have memorized over my life. When we play games with people, when, we, when we're in this casual space, this gear three, we have the opportunity to kind of get to know what, what we're like and, and whether or not we would like to take this to a gear four type of, or a gear three type of relationship. And, and because most of us don't know how to get into a gear three, we don't know how to have this social time, we're, we're sort of joy challenged and, and we, we view sometimes this idea of playing as, as useless. We don't see the value of this space. We fail to be able to connect at a deeper level. We just want to skip a gear. And as Justin so well described on the first week when he was driving that 18-wheeler, you know, you, you can't skip gears. 
You either run them all the way up, run them all the way down, and if you skip, you got to stop. And the same thing's true in, in our human world. That, that if, if we, we try to skip gears, oftentimes we try to gain friendship too quickly without having the safety of a gear three. You know, Harvard's been doing a longitudinal study on um, men. It started with men in 1938, and they've since added women to it. But they've been interviewing the same set of men. Uh, there were over 700 of them in 1938, and I think there are still 60 left alive. And it's this longitudinal study on, on humans and what makes humans happy. What makes humans satisfied with life? I mean, what, what really gives you that, that, that essence, that core, that sense of, of feeling in your soul, the, the same type of feeling when you taste food that's just like, wow, I've never tasted anything like that before, and I just want to taste that now for the rest of my life because that was so good. I mean, those moments are fleeting in life. Those moments are fleeting when we, we sense that we have that human connection with some individual. And one of the things that the director of this study, um, the current director of this study, looking at all the research that's happened since 1938, says about human happiness. He says, the secret to life. Now, a lot of people will say that and then try to sell you something, right? Um, you know, it's, it's this new, you know, beep thing that, you know, you can chew and, and will make you healthy for the rest of your life. You know, but he's not selling anything. All he's doing is looking at the research and, and saying, the secret to life is healthy relationships, period. And that's a quote. That's a quote. Lots of, you know, science, lots of stuff, lots of surveys and, you know, uh, you know people, blood chemistry, body fat, you know, psychological testing, all kinds of stuff have gone on on these individuals. They're literally lab rats. John F. Kennedy, the, our former president of the United States, he was one of the original 700 plus that was in the study. So a lot of this research has gone on and these, these scientists are coming back and telling us that what's the deal? Healthy relationships, the secret to life. And oftentimes, our relationships are in decay because this gear three piece is missing. It's missing from our ability to get into this casual space, to be playful, to, to, to provide the kind of safety that, that play provides that gives us the opportunity to see other people. And even though my wife you know, is, is very competitive, you might look across the table and say, I'd like to get to know her. I mean, that happens. We, we, we find things in people, and we, you think, wow, they would be interesting to know, and then all of a sudden, that begins a set of dominoes falling that leads to deep, enduring relationship. It leads to the kind of gear two connecting we talked about last week. You see, when you, you look in the Bible, you, you discover that that God made us to have a gear three. Like when, when Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, all right, it's just a bunch of little pithy statements uh, about life and the truths of life. 
But in this, he ends with describing the perfect wife. Kind of uh, Solomon takes upon this, uh, this kind of writing uh, uh, deal where he, he, he's like his mother and he's writing to a son. And the mother is describing the perfect wife. And in the middle of all this kind of stuff, she's a kick-butt business person, you know, and she can, you know, she's a wonderful thought of in the community and all that kind of stuff. But in the middle of it, it says something fascinating about her. It says she's clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. She can laugh at the days to come. Numerous times in the first half of the Bible, God is, 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 is found laughing. And you know who he laughs at most? He laughs most at his enemies. People who, humans who think they can thwart the purposes of the creator God in heaven. And then when we get to the second half of the Bible, we see something amazing. It's like when God describes this thing that he wants to gather together. He wants to call out people from the population who have embraced him as their father. Who understand what Jesus did when he lived and he died and he rose again. And they move from being just in a creator-creature relationship with with, uh, God to a father-child relationship with God. When they embrace Jesus and his works on the cross... They become a child of the king. And it says of this group of people, it it gives us at least 52 different commands that are followed by the word one another. It's the Greek word alelon, one another. Love one another, care for one another, confront one another, challenge one another, serve one another. All these 52 different ones that describe this community, this ecclesia that Jesus talked about, called out ones. So relationships are vital. They're, they're not just vital to your humanity. If you want to be spiritually healthy, then relationships are a fundamental part of that. And so gear three becomes essential. It becomes essential for us to learn this casual space, to be able to figure out what it looks like to engage other people. So I wonder this morning about your gear three. Where where are you at in terms of of your relational quotient? I mean, do you feel like it's full? And, and, And maybe you have a lot of Friends, but if we could sort of be a little bit more specific here. Because the word friend is really a sloppily used word, right? Oh yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, I, I, I'm not talking about friends. I, I'm talking about someone who has a commitment to your well-being. So, someone who is interested in organizing their life in such a way that you guys intersect on some kind of regular basis. You don't have to spend all day together and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about having relationships that are meaningful where you know that there are other people besides your spouse if you're married 
beside your spouse who you feel like get you. People who have a window inside to your internal world. If, if you don't, and, and, I, and I'm going to bet most of us struggle in this world. And again, I realize that if I had you sign a card right now and, and, and you say, hey, sign that card that, that Justin talked about and say, I, I desperately need friends. None of you are going to sign that, right? None of us are going to say that because we're adulting. You know, we're more concerned about the retractable cord on our vacuum cleaner than we are, you know, having friends. We're more concerned about other things. But the fact is, is that sometimes we are pursuing life in such a way that the things we're getting are not satisfying what our soul desperately needs. We're not satisfying the way the Creator made us. He made us to relate. And so, why do I have to get into gear three? Why do I have to get into this casual space? Why do I have to learn how to be in spaces where I can play with people? Because it allows us to get to gear two. It allows us to get to those spaces where we can find people who know us. But at the same time, there's something about playfulness that is so fun and, and relieving. I'm currently reading a book now called Quiet. Engaging title, right? <laughs> Quiet. And it's a whole book about introverts. If you're an introvert, I would encourage you to read this book. It will be the most uh, exhilarating reading experience of modern literature that you've ever had. Because I've learned more about <clears throat> introverts and more about interaction that, than I have of any other book I've read. And, and, and it helps me understand uh, and, and sort of put in a layer here of, of caution. I'm not talking about someone who's gregarious. I'm not talking about someone who's the life of the party. I'm not talking about someone who's the first one to talk and takes up most of the air at the table when you're there and that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that at all. That has nothing to do with, with connecting. But, but playfulness allows us to sort of discover a sense of tertiary joy this, this kind of, not deep and enduring, but just a, a sense of, to be able to laugh with one another and at one another so that we have this ability to get to know one another in spaces that are safe, both emotionally and psychologically, and, and allow us to, to shift you know, it's interesting, uh, we all know that March of 2020, when the black curtain of COVID came down, we were all told to go home, stay indoors, people are dangerous. You know, they closed even the fast food restaurants for a while, about killed me. I mean, where does a man get breakfast during COVID? In March, I was like 
wandering in my car aimlessly around Liberty trying to find some place to eat for breakfast. I must have breakfast and it must be outside my house. And I couldn't find it. So one day I just sat in a depressed stupor in front of the old Wendy's across from Hy-Vee. And just in a in a, a blue cloud of depression, thinking, what has this world come to? I think I might have to kill myself. I mean, you know, I, I, I joke about that, but, but there were times during that period where, where I wondered if life was still worth living in this world where we were all set apart from one another and and the contact wasn't there. I was feeling my created being wanting to connect and wanting to be with people. You see, it's, it's vital that, that you and I connect with the Creator. But it's vital that we connect to Him not as just the Creator, but as the Father. Because in our souls, deep down, there is a sense of purposelessness and meaningless until we grapple with some of our own internal stuff. Until we grapple with the, the sense of guilt, the sense of shame, and all this kind of stuff. We're trying to use busyness and sometimes use people to distract ourselves from. But once we begin to start getting a grip on that internal stuff, it's necessary that we engage a group of people. You know, I, I love it. I get to travel to other countries quite a bit. And, and I love, like in Africa, for instance, where you find people are, are organized in ways, self-organized in ways that, that these needs can be met um, really easily. So there's a, there's a family, a biological family, and it's usually rather big. It's not just mom and dad. You know, it's, it's, it's aunts and uncles and grandpa, and, you know, and, and, it's, and it's usually, it lives in close proximity to one another. But around that family is a tribe. They, they share a language and some ritual, and, 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 and the tribe is, is bigger, a geographical space, and people can, can move, can travel mile, two miles, three miles, five miles, and, and people speak the same language, they have the same ritual, customs, and they connect really quickly with one another. But around the tribe, there's also a clan. And this clan is, is like subparts of the tribe that, that they're still... They still recognize one another, and they still have this ability to connect. And unfortunately, you and I live in a world where some of us don't even know our neighbors. Our family lives far away. And, and, and our weekly ritual and routine is, is so isolated to a small set, subset of people. And... and and the need for us to really step out of that is a need that Gear 3 can meet. I mean, who doesn't like to play games? I mean, I realize, I'm, I say that my entire family, if any of them are sitting in the audience, are probably going, boo you, you know, you don't like, because when we get together as family, we, we play a lot of games, and typically I'm, I'm you know, someplace else. Um, because it's a game of chance, and I don't like games of chance, and that kind of stuff. But I, I need to get over that, right? 
Now, you need to ask me after Thanksgiving next time when my family's over, if I played games with my, you know, hold me accountable for that. I, I need to get over that. I need to engage in those kinds of things. We, we all need to find spaces where we can gather some people together that have potential for being that kind of soul friends, that people that we can do life together with and, and learn to play together. You know, um, throwing a beanbag into a hole in a piece of wood 27 feet away or whatever, 33 or whatever it's supposed to be, that one's not legal over there, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> All of mine went over the top and I'm, 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 I'm deadly at that game. Um, <laughs> you laugh. Um, we, 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 standing around casually with people becomes a value in, in learning to learn tidbits of their life, learning who they are, what they do, why they do it. Uh, just, just being able to learn that, that kind of casualness with people. Now, let me just suggest that for, for us to get into a gear three mode, it, it takes some intention. It, it, it takes some decision to go there. Friends don't happen. In fact, um, social psychologists tell us that the people who have more friends than people who don't have more friends are, are people who have a presupposition, a thought inside their minds that people want to be friends. And people who don't have friends are people who have a thought or a presupposition, a, a prejudice in a sense, that people don't want to be friends. Now imagine that. Someone paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for some social psychologist to come up with what is just freaking obvious. I mean, let's, let's face it. When you enter into a situation and you think, no one here wants to like me, or maybe you're still wrestling with some of those internal things and you think, I'm not likable. That's why connecting with the Creator in heaven as a father is so important because you'll discover that He does love you and He likes you. And all the crap that you're obsessing over in your life all the stuff that's you know down there that you're guilty for and shameful for and you're trying to live away from and put away and keep down all that kind of stuff that's why Jesus died on the cross that's what he went to the cross for our sin and our shame and as far as God's concerned he's taking care of that he needs you to come to grips with that he needs you to embrace Jesus that's why John says, for as many as received him, as many as trusted him, to them he gave the right to be children of God. You get that taken care of, and you, and, and you, you begin the process of, of, of wrestling with that kind of stuff. It allows you the privilege of doing away with that preconceived notion that I'm going to a game night, I'm going to a place to play with people, and no one there is going to like me because I don't like myself. But if you go there, with a sense of forgiveness, that I'm a child of the Most High. That if no one ever likes me, at least God likes me. And that's okay. I, I'm growing in my own love of myself to discover what it's like to be not just a creature of the Creator God, but to be a child of the Father Creator in heaven. 
And it gives me the ability to move into a space where people are going to do stupid, dumb things like play Battleship or Jenga or Dominoes or other crazy things like that around the table. It gives me the freedom to realize that around this table, around this, in this room, there will be people that I can relate to. And I was made to relate. I was made to have a few friends who I connect to deeply. But if I avoid gear three, if I avoid the playfulness of the social environment, I'll never get there because I don't come up the bat in a space where I could find people who would be like that. I'm afraid that even before COVID, there was a decline in our friendships. Even after COVID, there was a, a fall. We all realized that we could just stay home and be fine. You know, we could find the end of Netflix. You know, and the most shared thing today, the most shared thing, hey, what are you watching? You know, it's like we all cut the cord, but we've got 10 streaming services. And now YouTube TV is going up, so I'm thinking about reconnecting my cord. We're entertaining ourselves to death when, in fact, we could entertain one another in an atmosphere of playfulness, in an atmosphere of casualness that would allow us to relate, have some fun together, enjoy one another's company, and create the, the seedbed for finding those kinds of gear two connections that we were created for. It's why we were made. It's who we are. And if we want to be fully human, fully healthy, the way God, our creator God, and our father God has made us, then we've got to learn how to find the value in casualness, how to find the value in playfulness, how to find the value of spaces that allow us to lean into one another and get to know one another in casual ways that might allow us to get to know one another in deeper ways. Let's pray. Father, you are indeed um, our leader in this. Um, as you open up the, the pages of the Bible, we, we see a community of people relating together. We see a creator God. We see a spirit moving upon the face of the deep. We, we, we understand that from the very beginning, you are a triune. You're a community, a God in three persons. And we're made in your image. So, Father, I just want to confess this morning that, that I struggle with this gear. I struggle with the... Uh, the purposelessness of playfulness. I, I struggle with the, the casual atmosphere. I want to go deep fast. And I realize that because that doesn't create safety for many people, they just can't do that. It's my inability to live an other-centered life, Father. And so help us embrace 
this gear. Help us embrace this casual space, this, this space where we can play with one another and just in terms of getting to know one another or play with one another and literally in, in games and, and, and have fun and enjoy the life that you've given us. Father, I confess that I have lost the, the, the nature of joy in this life. You came that we might have life and might have it abundant and meaningful. You came that our joy might be made complete. You, 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 there's so many spaces in the Bible that declare that, that come, words that come out of Jesus' mouth. And yet, I find myself struggling to live in that space. So Father, this morning we thank you for the men and women who create games, who create what seem like sometimes stupid little things to do, but they're activities that are means to a beautiful end. They draw us together around tables. They bring us into rooms. They take us into yards and spaces where we can spend time together just enjoying you and one another and providing the opportunity just to relax together. Father, thank you. Thank you that that you have made us this way. So we, we just ask for your encouragement. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your challenge to, uh, to, to really pursue life in the way we're made and challenge us when we think we know better than you. So Father, we come this morning thanking you for the ability to be playful with one another, to create this safe atmosphere, even of momentary joy, that can play such a significant purpose in our life. Father, we bring these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen.